Hello and welcome to the Game is About Glory. I'm your host, Steph, and joining me are Ricky and Milo. Hello, gents. Hi, Steph. Good evening, Steph. Hello, chaps. Uh, Happy New Year. I've got to ask uh, what you got up to, if there are any resolutions uh, abiding you want to share with us. Mm, No resolutions for me. No, no resolutions for me either. And no no exciting nights out either, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) But I was was super happy with the way we ended the year, so that's all that matters, really. That's my life, isn't it, Tottenham Hotspur? (laughs) 2023 ended with a nice glass of red wine and uh, I watched Fargo, and that that was was my night. Oh, brilliant! Which the, which which no, the series? Film. Are you? The, no, I watched I watched oh. the I watched the film again, which I hadn't seen for a, a few years. And uh, that's a good tip, actually, for those of us who are now off on the television show. That's a good tip. Yeah, I haven't I'd, seen the film for yeah. years either. Yeah, I just I I wanted to kind of see the year out with something that yeah, kind of familiar and yeah, I knew I was going to enjoy, and yeah. hadn't seen it for a while, so. Yeah, well, I I, yeah. I will say, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, look, I've I've got res. Nobody wants to know my resolutions; they're, they're probably boring. Uh, but what I will say is, I thought that uh, I loved one of the resolutions that uh, was shared uh, by Emerson Royale for Richarlison, which is mm. change your hair. <laughs> that one really, uh, that one appealed to me. So I'm interested to see what those two conjure up between them. Um, but I got to tell you, I did spend my New Year's Eve watching a film called The Holdovers. Uh, with Paul Giamatti in it and if you've not seen it uh, I, I I heartily recommend it. it it's not what it says on the tin uh, it's it's described as a comedy I would say that's far from it uh, it's got some dry humor but it's a it's a really really good film really enjoyable and quite deep is that recent release new release but now available for streaming yeah oh, okay yeah have you seen past lives I haven't seen past lives yet no watch it during the week fantastic every right. bit everyone's saying it's I'm writing crazy. all this down it's 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 lovely, really, really nice. Excellent. I've I've heard really good things about it as well. And uh, but while we're here, uh, let me just say that there is one. Well, let's just do it. There's one more film that I'm absolutely. I know what you're going to say. Go on. Going to say, and I've Go still on. got an hour of it left to watch. No, I don't. It's not. Salt it's burn? not out yet. The Zone of Interest by Jonathan Glazer. Well, it's not Saltburn then. Not Saltburn. Saltburn is brilliant. Saltburn mm. is fantastic and and really uncomfortable in the best possible way. It is, but yeah. Anyway, I suppose we should crack on before before my eyes. Marco mode. Hello, Marco mode. <laughs> hello, yeah. Well, hello. Welcome to the <laughs> the Kermode and Mayo Film Podcast in disguise. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, if we were a movie, it's been a pretty exciting one. What would I, yeah. I wonder who would have directed our movie? But I'd like to think oh. maybe a bit of John, but maybe a bit of John Woo with some of the uh, intelligence of Stanley Kubrick. What a film that would be, eh? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, I think it's fair to say that Spurs have sent us all off into the new year with big smiles. Um, look, it was another one of those crazy 100 minutes uh, that we've seen many times this season. Um, against Bournemouth at the lane. Uh, I think we've offered more raw entertainment in this half of the season than we did in the previous three in total. So I suppose we should just get on with it, right? (laughs) Sounds like a plan. It does. Team selection. My word. Come on. There was a surprise there, wasn't there? There was, yeah. So we've got um, Benton Kerr and Lacelso coming in for uh, Decky and um, Toybier, wasn't it, in the last game? Yes, because Skip was out injured. And yeah. Yeah, it was it was a very very pleasant surprise. I mean, I think um, I'd picked up on Ange lying about recovery. Yeah. Period. So this is, and which is why I had the the coffee bet with you, which I think you know you've won. So we're one all on on the season, aren't we? With uh, uh, you know, as, as, long as, Peri- yeah, yeah. As, long, as long as Perisic doesn't sign a contract extension, <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I'm two, two one up as long as that doesn't happen. Um, I, th- I think he's probably. <laughs> He's probably more likely to sign that with Hadjik Split, isn't he, than us? But um, uh, yeah, I, 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 
you know, picked up uh, Ange, Ange being uh, less than truthful about recovery periods. But what impressed me is it, he must have been training, you know, with the team for a week. You would have thought before he was going to get included. And he'd done he'd done really, or we've done really well to keep that quiet that he's he's training, considering you know how many people must be in and out of the um, out of the training ground. Yeah, um, it was, no, it's great to see. I mean, the, you know, the great bearded one to see him like coming back. I don't know what's that four weeks ahead of schedule maybe planned. I'm not quite sure, but um, and when, had and had said recently that he was expecting him back in January, so he had he had reduced it down and yeah. he'd been out he'd been out for five weeks, hasn't he? I think it was exactly five weeks since he's injured it. So that's yeah. that's right at the bottom end of what was being said when he when he first did it. And with with Decky being out because of his misdemeanour at Brighton, um, it was I was quite all of a sudden a midfield fell into shape where I thought well, I'm quite excited about that because we've um, <laughs> we had a kind of a controller, a schemer, and a runner, didn't we? With Saar, Lacelso, and Bentacor, and I think it was was it the Villa game Bentacor and Lacelso played together. I think mm. it was, and they certainly had an understanding about them. What you mean the game where we were absolutely where we were absolutely dominating the people who are joint top of the title? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt that he's such an important player. I, I've, I've just to say uh, before you come in there again, mate. I, I the first I heard of this was uh, <laughs> I was waking up before the game because obviously it was on a lot earlier for us here, and uh, it was actually our WhatsApp thread, and I actually thought I had misread something. I, I and I, 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 I was like, what? I was, like, I was in such utter disbelief. It was like when David Bowie dropped his album, not not the last album, but the penultimate album that David Bowie did. Mm. I don't know if you remember this. He just dropped it from nowhere, and. Uh, a good friend of mine who's also, in, you know, in that business. We both just marvelled at how you could keep that out of the press. To your point, Milo, how do mm. you manage to just not let anyone know? There was an act of genius, I thought. Just brilliant. And what a surprise. Yeah. What a pleasant one. I think this three is kind of the, the best balanced midfield that we've got. You know, yeah. with, with Madison out, you know, so since Madison's been injured, I think this is the three that's got the best balance and is best suited to each other out of, out of all the options we can put out. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah, I did have another theory. I think the other thing to concentrate on with Bentoncourt, if you think he's going to come back, is look at his um, look at his beard condition. So I think as he's about to come back into public, he trims it and cleans it right up. So I think oh, yeah. in training photos in the future when he's injured, you'll know he's on his way back if he's had a little bit of a tidy up. I think that if he looks like he's a hostage, just been released from a hostage situation, then you <laughs> yeah. then you know he's not quite ready. I like that. Yeah. I like, having been, been someone who actually just last night uh, as uh, one of my things thinking about the new year which well probably i decided to tidy my beard up a little bit so i appreciate uh, that observation ricky i think it's very yeah. good you're, ma- but you're again, match your fit po- steph I might be needed against Burnley, mate. You never know. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, just a, a, a great, a, a great lift, I think. And as much mm. as anything, I think you know, people, how many minutes are we going to get out of him? Let's be fair. The fact that he was in kit walking out on the pitch, that's going to lift everyone. It's going to lift teammates. You're going to get an extra 10% that they didn't know they had. And by God, they would have needed because these players are playing on fumes. And it also, it also makes January a lot easier. Because yeah. if you think he's going to be, you know, he's going to be out till the back end, obviously, you know, Basuma's away with uh, with AFCON. And, you know, then you're in a situation where, you know, if we want to sell Hoybier, for instance, you can't really afford to do it till the end, right at the end of January. Yeah. And, you know, I think it really changes the dynamics of, uh, you know, or give the freedom of, uh, you know, what we want to do this month. Uh, no, that's a very good point. Give, yeah. gives us a lot you know gives us a lot more chances there or you know options he's, rather i mean you know if, if he's almost man of the match before a ball's kicked just for being there and for doing it and for putting the work in and by the way what a tremendous uh mentality he has to want to get back just so good and yeah it was a 
really fast start to the game. Um, you know, we had Sar scoring that cracking goal. Um, I mean, let's talk about those early moments. I mean, you know, or first 20, 25 minutes. Um, very open. I have to think we'd both, I think we'd all admit that Bournemouth, one of the, one of the best sides to come to the, the lane this season. I thought quite clean as well. Not, nothing, nothing uh, over the top. Really came to play football. It was a real toe to toe game and very exciting. I thought in that first 20, 25 minutes. Anyone? Um, it was definitely a bit of a case of, I mean, talking about Benson Core, I actually thought in those first kind of 20, 20, 30 minutes, it was very much a kind of like um, we attack, they attack, and it was very open. And I think Benson Core, being a controller, actually found a little bit as though he found it a bit tough becoming a dictator, in other words, keep you know, keep hitting the ball where he wants it and then passing it off at the angles and, and sort of controlling our game. Because um, as you say, Bournemouth were, um, they pressed us and they had, you know, and even when they attacked us, they had plenty of numbers going forward. Uh, they were giving us problems, but we, you know, like we do with any other team going the other way, we were giving them problems as well. And early on, we had chances. Son had chances. For, looked a bit kind of off with his chances. Sliced that one off his shin. Oh, that and was then off, that was a golden opportunity, wasn't it? And then had another one where he seemed to couldn't make his mind up whether he was going to cross it or shoot. And by that time, yeah. when normally he's so positive, he's so like kind of focused, so one track mind. And I think that's been a bit of a sign of sun recently. But obviously, he disproves me completely with the um, goal that we'll talk about later on. So yeah. Yeah, I, I thought we started, you know, did quite brightly. I, you know, I think you're right about Sun. I think he took a little while to, while to get into the game. Um, you know, Sar's goal was, you know, beautifully, uh, beautifully worked. And I think, um, you know, both Benton Kerr and Lacelso having a hand in it. And I think they really showed, um, you know, with the kind of the pressing there and the creating the chance. So I don't think that would have happened with, you know, some of the, maybe, maybe Hoybier would do it. But, you know, I think some, you know, some of the selections we've had recently, mm. Um, that wouldn't be quite so, uh, you know, so evident. I think, um, you know, kind of going back to that point about, um, kind of the balance in that midfield, I think, I think Lacelso really helped by, you know, he plays a little bit deeper than Decky does or that starts a little bit deeper. And I think it just helps us, you know, just gives us a little bit more options in midfield and, and builds out. And again, he's more of a passer than a runner, which, you know, Decky's a carrier, isn't he really rather than a passer. And a, I yeah. think you know, just brought, brought um, others into, in, into play. And I think that helped our forwards um, through the game. And I think the, you know, the front line, I think, you know, as the game went on, I think looked better than they have over the last you know handful of games. I agree. I think one thing we should say about Sonny, and I, you know, look, I was like everyone else, very frustrated yesterday because it felt like his decision making uh, was was really uh, was off, and it, you know, he just looked confused. But I think we also have to remember again, this is a this is a man uh, in you know north side of thirty, right? Okay, playing a tremendously physical role. He's the skipper for the first time. He's carrying a lot of responsibility in the post-Kane era. He's got a lot of minutes in his legs. He's got the Asian games coming up. I mean, we're running these players into the ground. That The football world is running these players into the ground. And with the, our injuries and lack of uh, rotation options, I, I think he's just, I think it was almost a game too far and actually speaks volumes to his courage to hang in because, the, the, you know, we'll get to it later. You know, the way he ended the game uh, or his game was, was you know, that's what we expect from him. But you've got to have some mental fortitude to get there, knowing that how tired you are. I, 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 yeah, I didn't get that. I thought he was a lot better than he'd been in recent weeks. Um, and, you know, if we, if we, 
I mean, so not not just relating to this season as a whole. He's second in the Premier League, you know, the high score scoring stats. You've got you know Holland and Salah on fourteen, and then it's him and Solanke on twelve each. And if you look at his kind of goal contributions for the season, he's going you know, to say twelve goals and uh, and five assists. Which so seventeen direct goal in, involvements in twenty games. Which say last season, the whole of last season, he only did sixteen. And we know last year wasn't his best year. But to, you know, to beat mm. his goal involvements for the whole of last season, halfway through the season, you know, this season, I think, I think he's, he's doing all right. No, he's, yeah. I mean, I, I think he's doing very well indeed. But I do think he's been definitely a little off. I just think he's. I mean, I think he's done very well to play through a very physical. I mean, first half of this season I mean I, th- I think that does happen with Sun really sometimes it's just not quite as good because we know the problem with Sun, Sun has is that when he's very good he's very very good isn't he you know and that and that raises their expectations he was playing obviously with another brilliant player in a team and we forget sometimes that um, a lot of teams don't ever have any of those kind of players or those two kind of players his, his levels are massive when you, when you look at his figures considering he's probably played what well, no probably 90% of the games for us more as a wing forward than a centre forward I mean, the numbers are you know, amazing, really. I think we should probably also speak about um, Saar. And, and I mean, look, yeah. when he's on the field, and especially when he was on the field against uh, Bournemouth, I, I, I just think we had fluidity, a, a composure, a sort of a smoothness and a swagger he definitely brings. And I think it's fair to say that when he went off injured in the 32nd minute, uh, you know, there was a there was a pretty dynamic shift to I don't know, slight well less fluidity, less comfort. We miss him, don't we? When he's not on that pitch with us these days. Yeah, hundred percent. I think I think I'm thinking if I was at the horse racing, he's the kind of I'd pick him out the paddock as a great mover. He's got such a, he's such a great he's got such power running on him, and he's such a flow, and that helps us so much because. And in in a roundabout way, there's not many runners in Premier League football anymore, is there? Those ones that really can turn out those yards. And he's so effective with his runs, and that's going in both directions. And the good thing for someone so young, he kind of knows how to protect the ball. He doesn't really get caught on it that often, and he can dispossess people easily. And we saw that in that first half. He was really... It, yeah. And it really helps, I think, on that side because he does seem to favour that right side. And I think him in conjunction with Porro is a massively kind of powerful part of our team. I think that's you know that is that we're going to miss when he's not there. Mm-hmm. And I was I was so pleased for his goal because I think sometimes when he scores, um, well, he shoots like that a lot, and sometimes get, gets it in the ear hole from his teammates quite often, doesn't he? And with yeah. that first touch, you thought he had kind of gone away from it. Thought. It was almost like he thought, I'm going to shoot. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm going to go over there and pass it to that bloke. But then he kind of redirected back to the goal. And, well, nice finish. Nothing else was there, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this was a better shot than we've seen from him in the past. He's a bit, he can yeah. be a bit wild with his shooting. <laughs> and this one was you know, more like he kind of passed it into the corner. I think he was a little bit more controlled um, than he has been in the past, which is good. I mean, you know, if he's, if he's bringing that to his game, then that, you know, that could be a real difference because I think probably... Yeah, the one part of it, if you, you know, again, so I talk, talk about this a lot, but, you know, in terms of you know, his fit for the and system, the one bit that probably is missing is the goal contributions because he's looking for the eights to get, you know, to be late arrivers in the box or around the box and to, and to pick up goals. And, you know, if, if we're bringing in Conor Gallagher or looking to bring in Conor Gallagher, that's probably someone who would be competing with Saar for, for that more defensive eight role. And what Gallagher does bring is more goals. And so, you know, if he wants, if that's what's going to happen uh, or an area we're looking to upgrade and Saar wants to, you know, hold 
hold on to his place and, and carry on, you know, carry on pushing, then that's what he's going to need to do. I think you're right, Steph, in terms of when he went off, um, you know, Skip, he's not as fluid as he, he doesn't cover the ground quite so easily. He's not quite so good on the ball. Um, he's also a little, you know, a little rusty. He's been, you know, he hasn't been involved as much. I know he's played a bit more over the last few weeks, but then, you know, that's still in different roles, isn't it? Um, you know, he played at six, he, you know, he has come on as a sub in, in that eight role, but he's, um, you know, he's had a very stop-starty season. I mean, it seems a bit weird, doesn't it, when you think back at the beginning of the season, he was the one who started the season as the preferred option there, and then you know, started took it off him. Yeah, I think he is. I mean, he's a very industrial player and very industrious indeed. But yeah, I, I think, and, and this would be, this might be quite controversial uh, between us. Um, I'm not sure. Um, I, you know, we're going to get into the second half with this player, and this player. Um, Giovanni Lo Celso had, I think, what we probably all agree was his best 45 minutes for us in the second half of the game. He really, really grew into it. Uh, I was very critical of him in the first half because I didn't think he was doing enough of the dirty work that you need to do when things don't go right. So when Saar went off, I was very disappointed with with Gio's ability to to sort of, you know, as I say, do, do a little more of the dirty work, um, be a little more careful about what he's doing with the ball, maybe hold on to it a bit more, take more contact, take a foul here and there. I thought, I, I, I was very disappointed and it doesn't help um, the likes of Skip coming in if they don't feel they can rely. And, and again, we're going to get into the second half where I think it was a complete reversal and I thought that Lo actually finally started to really take charge of the game and really started to, to, to say, this is my game to try and control and I'm going to do it. And, and when he does, boy, oh boy. But I mean, maybe maybe we'll start with that reference and see what, whether you agree or not. Yeah, I mean, I think you're being a bit harsh on him. I think um, in the first half an hour, so yeah, whilst Saar was on the pitch, I thought he had he was pretty good. And um, I, I think, you know, after Saar goes off, I mean, I was mulling this over during the game as, you know, kind of the ebb and flow of a game and who's who's dominant and and who's not. And, you know, I don't know how much of it was that we were off colour. I don't know how, it all, you know, as opposed to Bournemouth stepping it up a bit. And, you know, they are one of the kind of form teams in the league, you know, certainly going into this. And, you know, it's interesting where, you know, the last few weeks we've played, you know, Everton and and uh, Bournemouth are probably two of the form teams in the league that we've, you know, managed to beat at home. And so, you know, I don't want to take too much away from Bournemouth. I do think we lost a bit of rhythm. I think it's also worth pointing out around that point in the game, there's two lengthy stops, aren't there? Because there's Saar going off and then um, Solanke, when he twisted his knee, there was a big stop for yeah. that. And also, it was absolutely hammering it down. So yeah. I think there's a combination of factors there that, you know, our rhythm gets disrupted. disrupted and I think there's the ebb and flow of the game as well. Mm. And yeah, I don't... It's just, I say, and yeah. I, I think the other point is actually, Steph, we were having a conversation uh, after the Brighton game earlier in the week where we were talking about and this was off pod. We, we did, I don't think this made, this made the record. But we were talking about players who uh, lift those around uh, around uh, around them, lift lift yes. the team, the kind of yeah. ceiling lifters, and the ones who play yeah. better when players are playing better around them. And yeah. I think Gio is a player who plays better when he's got better players around him. So I think you know maybe with. Um, during that period where the whole team is struggling a bit, you know, maybe he's not the person for that. Um, but I wouldn't single him out for criticism during that period. Um, 
I think, that's I think what you did, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fair enough. But I think the point you just made actually is what I really saw as a shift in him in the second half. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to that, Ricky. We're, we're sort of, um, I think it's yeah, a really just, interesting conversation, I, this. Yeah, no, I kind of agree with both of you in the sense of some of the kind of analysis that Milo's saying there. I kind of agree with the way the yeah. game was going. I think the, the way the game is going kind of has to suit LaCelso for him to then be part Correct. of that kind I of like thing. Yeah. And I think in that first half, it was so to and fro y and so kind of quite chaotic. And and as Milo pointed out with the breaks with injuries, the, the terrible weather and that kind of thing, I just don't think he got into the game as much as he wanted. A bit like I was saying with Bentoncourt, really. It was such a kind of, the ebb and flow of the game was so kind of random. And also Bournemouth weren't really, you know, standing off us. They weren't letting us take periods of control. And of course, that kind of changed in the second half, especially from that kind of hour moment probably from 60 minutes onwards and that kind of thing i think he's just well, that, I, that that suits his game more i think when we're no you know, i think a... i think you're both right <clears throat> i think you've both made that po- a very good very good points around uh personality and of course as milo said you know we've been talking about this off pod for a while the importance of certain players you know the madisons i mean you don't just miss madison's skill you miss madison's um hutzpah you miss his like a bravado almost i mean what i would have called before he came to us his arrogance and called him a cocky wanker i'm now like i'm i'm craving it i'm drinking it in it's like great <laughs> give it to more of our players because i love it um but and i think maybe the mistake i've always made with lacelso is i look at him and i look at how he defends his teammates i look at how he's he's always mm. first in i think he's that player somewhere and so i'm consistently disappointed when he doesn't show up for that uh, and 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 so the second half was all the more remarkable. I, I think he's just a bit of an enigma, isn't he? In terms of you know, you think about when he first joined. I think he was clearly sure. quite. I think he's quite a shy player. You know, he's quite a shy person. Or certainly was when he was younger. You know, there were rumours that he was a bit prickly around. You know, that wasn't very popular with like, teammates and staff at uh, at the club because of his the way he came across. And evidently now um he's a lot warmer he's a lot friendlier a lot more open i think you know he's he's got a kid and like you know maybe you know he's, he's matured maybe i think um and and then you've also kind of yeah. got you know you've got that kind of shithouser i mean you know it's it becomes, a, it becomes a bit of a cliche doesn't it with argentinian players i think yeah. i think shithousing is the national national sport of argentina and they fit in okay. football when yeah. they've got a you know break in a break in the shithousing season I was- uh, go on yeah, I was going to say, he's kind of working his way into the team dynamic by basically fighting every cause for everyone in the team. He's like he's like your frontline man, isn't he? For when there's any when, kind of shit going on. When, when, like... when he was mouthing off to Pedro when he was going, when he was slow getting off the pitch yeah. against yeah, Brighton. Yeah. And then yeah, you know, he got yeah. a yellow card from, from the touchline in this game. But he I did, think, yeah. but he was unlucky with that because I, I, be, I believe what he was doing is he was going over so, to, um, to talk to, uh, Iriola and yeah. and explain what was going on with the Valise yeah. uh, injury, and he got the yellow card for going into Bournemouth's um, box, you know the, um, yeah, the technical area. Technical area. And yeah. when he was just trying to explain what was going on and calm it down, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does have that innocent face though, even when he's doing something dodgy, he isn't does. he? He's he got does. that kind of like you know. He's also he's got it. this and he's got this presence and he's got this thing about him and even the way he moves sometimes on the ball. I just just as 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 a lover of this football club all my life, he just looks like he is one of I think he just looks like a Tottenham Hotspur player and I so yeah. want to see that from him so now why don't we sort of fast forward a little bit into the second half and and my word I think it was his best second half for us I think or his best performance for us um that I can remember um that pass that pass for was goal. just 
Oh, yeah. it was just out, beautiful. Out, outside of the left foot. Just, I try and do that perfect. all the time in 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 my in my my games week after week, and well, if I hit no, one of no, those every t- every five years, I'm I, I believe me, I mean you know, but that was just I had surpassed of the season, isn't it? No, and now you've trimmed your beard, you'll be able to do it. That was the problem. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and and he made it look easy. You know, it's it, oh, it, he beautiful. he made it look like it was nothing. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was inch perfect. Absolutely, that was maestro perfect. stuff. That was a maestro pass. That looked to me as he, I've watched it several times as he's running onto that ball. There's just no thought. It's just this is mine. I've got this. Perfect. And the conditions. Talking about the conditions. I mean, the conditions are terrible to play a yeah. pass like that. Inch perfect. Just beautiful. And Anyone we, and else? We certainly, <laughs> no, I think we certainly needed it at that time because I think Bournemouth came out really strong in the second mm. half as well. We was kind of on yeah. the rack for a bit, I think. Yeah. And with the way the first half had gone, I was then you know worried that it was... Because some parts of the game almost reminded me of where they were putting so much pressure on us sometimes. Not like dangerous pressure, but it sort of felt a little bit like the Wolves away game where the Wolves seemed to sort of be dominating us at times. But... um. And it was good when that goal came. So I think Richie had a great chance, didn't he? Do you know when he was on yeah, the rack? Yeah, and then we had a breakaway yeah, moment. He did. And Richie was clean in and he, you know, he, he missed that. I don't think he'd done anything wrong, particularly. It looked like. I think Drake might. Yeah, Drake, that's what happens, I think, sometimes. We, um, our, our other fantastic and prolific and brilliant centre forward, come playmaker, come great player, he used to do that a couple of times a game. Yeah. Of course, he would then redeem himself later. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's what he did. So. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think that pass and that goal came at the perfect point for us, didn't they? I mean, I I, I broke the game down into kind of three periods. You've got that kind of first half an hour when Sars on the pitch, and then yeah. I think I think about, we, yeah. and I, then I think we lose it for about half an hour in between Skip coming on and then Hoybier coming on on the hour, yeah. and yeah. then after the hour, I think we up it again, and that goal comes. Yeah. A little bit after that period, and yeah. I think. So, so I think let me the, ask I think you. The other, sorry, I, say, I think the other factor that when we were talking yeah. about that kind of middle half an hour period, we've probably mm. also got to bear in mind Bentonker's fitness. He's been out for a while. Yeah. You know, he comes off on the hour mark. That I think that's probably a, a you know decision that was made before kickoff that they give him an hour and then we'd bring Hoybier on. But mm. certainly, maybe in that that kind of last fifteen minutes that he's playing there, maybe he's tiring a bit as well. Uh, I'm thinking absolutely about, right. I mean, I'm thinking about that. Our kind of optimistic midfield at the start of the game had then lost two of their players by the 60th minute. So we were, you know, we were skipping Hoiberg and only Celso remained. So I mean, thinking about that now and then yeah. how we played from 60 minutes onwards, I mean... That's, I we were so. a hodge skip and a jump from disaster, you <laughs> yeah. might say. Sorry. I, I, I mean, it's quite positive, I, isn't it, really? I, I, I mean, I would say that Hoiberg has had a really, really good week. I think he was one of our better players against Brighton. I think there's probably him and Davis and and uh, Vic are probably the only ones who I think actually had a decent game against Brighton. And then he had a really good half an hour here. And I think that's pretty impressive when, you know, there's lots of rumours about him leaving. You know, Juventus are meant to be you know pretty yeah. interested. And, you know, to put in those kind of performances when, when you might be leaving the club and... Um, you know, he's had a very, again, a stop-starty season. He's been asked to do lots of different things. And, you know, he's not a favourite amongst the fans at the moment. I mean, it's very unfortunate because, as as you point out, that type of performance consistently, coming off the bench, having been a regular starter for several seasons, playing in a system that doesn't necessarily suit your football, it's very tough. It takes another level of discipline and responsibility and accountability and all of those things. And he has shown up compl- 
regularly, as as you said, yeah. and, and put in a really good shift and always given his absolute best. Whether it necessarily fits our system becomes a whole other debate. But you could never, ever question the character, you know? I mean, look, been, I would say that there are things in this... At a pro this season. Yeah, I'd yeah. say there are things that he doesn't see sometimes still, and I think there are things you could criticise him for in terms of, the, you know, what goes on on the pitch, but that's mm-hmm. irrelevant to the point you're making. And I think it's a point well worth make, making, and, you but, know... What, what, yeah, I mean, if you if you take all other, uh, you know, all other criteria or you know all other bits out of the equation, if you just gave me a straight choice between you know selling Skip this month or selling Hoybier this month, I would be keeping Hoybier. If if it was you know all, everything else out of the equation, you know, there's no, no nothing homegrown there. We don't you know the contract situations are identical, all the rest of it. If it's just a which player do I think would be more useful for the second half of the season? If you had to keep one of the two, I would keep Hoybier. But you know, obviously, we don't live in that world. These decisions aren't made in a vacuum. But I would say one other thing. I think you know, if he goes to Juve, I think he's going to absolutely boss Syria. I think he'll be perfect there. I think he'll have a really, he'll do really well. Yeah. I think wherever he goes, he's going to have a, he's going to do well. I agree. And as you quite said, uh, not just in this week, but I would say in this season, he's done himself nothing but tremendous credit. If you're a club looking to buy a player of his ilk, you're certainly not going to to sort of like shirk it because he's not been a regular starter for us. You're going to look and say, my word, <laughs> I want yeah. someone like that in my squad. So good for him. I mean, look, before we get into that last half hour, which I have already dipped a toe in um, with that Celso pass, well, it was the perfect time to talk about it, let's be honest. But I will say <laughs> off the back of what you're saying, uh, with regards to you know doing doing your job as a professional when it might not necessarily be your your position, uh, we have gone through what well, I don't know where we're at. We thirty five minutes in this record. We've not mentioned our defence once. Uh, we really haven't had to mention our defence once uh, beyond the normal context of what you know what our mm-hmm. defence comes under and Big Vic making some great saves. He's been doing that all season. I, I just have to point out to everyone listening once again. When you sit down and criticise our defence over the last seven weeks, remember, we have two centre-backs who are not centre-backs. And in Emerson Royale, you've got a player who has consistently given everything out of position. And once again, I thought, you know, overall did very, very well. But to your point, Milo, the you know, there are lots of players doing some tremendous work out of their regular comfort zones right now can yeah can i just say something about the defense because i know you talked about it other weeks i just think people need to understand that obviously these players are playing out of position and i think they're playing to a level of they're they're functional in other words they've been told to play there Mm -hmm. they're quite often in the right position and they're quite often um they're quite often they're aware of what's going on around them but they don't play that every time and the thing people need to realize is the drop off is i think you've talked about this milo is their distribution isn't as good as those mm-hmm. other two that normally mm-hmm. play and they they start our attacks but the other thing that starts our attacks which is not good of is romero obviously but even van der Vaart sometimes he's very proactive at going hunting for the ball and that nips the bud of a load of attacks right there and then and of course that's a turnover of the ball quite often and then we go in the other direction it puts so much pressure on the other team when these two won't do much of that they're just as i say they're just operating in a functional level that keeps us going gets us through these games sometimes they're a bit weaker in the air as well so they're a bit vulnerable there we're a bit vulnerable sometimes to the through ball but they're not i don't i mean like in the brighton game none of them were responsible for any of the goals so it's like so they're not really doing anything wrong there and also they're dealing with two fullbacks that quite often are further forward and out of their sight i mean admittedly i'm never blaming you doggy or poro, poro for not coming back i mean you doggy in this game was just absolutely immense it's some of his when they did 
breach us behind the back line. I think he intercepted three times mm. like running back, you know, and you think of the position he's meant to play. So I think people just need to accept that that is they they are doing their best. I think that's it. And it and it's it's a new thing for them. We saw that in the Villa game, I think, you know, sometimes it's yeah. just a bit tough for them. It, I mean this might be the last time we see Ryan at, yeah, yeah. at centre back. Um you know, we might see some you know changes for the for the cup game and then uh Mickey might be back for Man United. Yeah. So you know, it depends on how he how he shuffles yeah. it. We might have a new centre back in by then. But I think the other thing actually just briefly on the defence, I think having Bentacur in, in front of them helped a bit with the distribution because he's so yeah, good at making yeah, he makes himself exactly. available. Mm. And I think again it was something we touched on, wasn't it, um Steph during the during the midweek game off the Brighton uh, on the Brighton pod where uh, you know, I was talking about kind of the importance of you know all of when we think about the whole team, you you think about them, what they do with the ball, and how they are offensively. Yeah, and the you know because we're playing out from the back, and I think you know the the two previous games, I think with you know we're hampered a bit. Although I think Hoybier did did well with that, but you know it, it does disrupt our play, and I think having him back helped us so much in terms of playing out from the back and being able to you know t- turn defense into attack. Yeah, because yeah. he, he will ask and he'll demand it. I think you said in the last pod, Steph, it's the whole kind of knee bone connected to the thigh bone thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's like the yeah. more of those things that are fractured or, or disconnected, the harder it is. And I mean, Milo's right there. Bensacor is a real... Because he can literally even just be 10 yards from you and just say, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, that kind yeah. of thing. And, and, yeah. I think, and, that, I think, and that really helps. And I think the Celso playing that a little bit deeper than Decky also helps with that because it means mm. Bensacor's got an easy pass off. You've got someone else yeah. there. You, you know yeah. he's not going to lose the ball cheaply and, and it's likely to find a pass so yeah. yeah i think the whole thing really helped yeah but by the way uh ricky you mentioned you you mentioned van der vaart there and i, I know you meant van der ven i just but uh, oh, uh, also <laughs> no no but i think what's interesting is uh van der ven is is he is so good on the ball yeah he's so good yeah. on the ball he's got van der vaart-esque tendencies you might he say has. so yeah, i'm not bit, sure yeah, about van der vaart left center back though <laughs> I don't think that might, that might not work. no but uh, the, the passing <laughs> but, but he is very very agree, good on yeah, the ball so. and i and no no it's to your point and and you know yeah. when you don't have that ease on the ball it is a little it's a little tougher so to still be sustaining and and sticking to the principles of Ange ball without as we say those with those fractures occurring in in the side for not just a week for seven eight weeks um it, it's extraordinary uh so we are at the last half hour, and 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 you're right, Milo. You, this was broken up into threes. I did play the early ball, much like the Celso's that we've talked about, which was just beautiful. Uh, I would have no problem spending another five minutes talking about it again. However, we probably shouldn't. We should probably talk about uh, Johnson and Richie um, combining for what you know, becoming a trademark for theirs. But maybe before that, does anyone want to say anything about Sonny finally pulling the trigger and just and 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 there and there it was. Part of it just surprised me. Not that he pulled the trigger, but the way it just settled in that far corner. I was so, so chuffed that it happened <laughs> because of the way he'd played earlier on. It seemed that he was a tiny bit yeah, off his yeah. game and that kind of thing. But it was just pure, that's pure normal Sunny that we know. You know what I mean? We know he's capable of that. Yeah. And um, yeah, in the actual torrential downpour, um, it was a massive relief because yeah. Bournemouth were always in it and always dangerous to put that kind of second goal gap between us. It, it, you know, because I, I felt like quite a lot, from much of the game that they were capable of scoring they was you know capable of getting behind us or whatever um so yeah a buffer i think we call it yeah and i think i think we you know it helped you know raise our game i think that's one of the you know catalysts for that you know final half an hour along with you know, kind of hoybier coming on just want to say one thing about the sun goal before we get into it uh i have to say i watched it back again and we were talking about movies at the beginning of this pod watch it back again chaps and see if you don't feel this it's like 
it's like 300 directed by Ridley Scott with like this massive like you know Gerard Butler moment at the end where Sun just raises his hands and the rain is just absolutely soaking into the skin the crowd is roaring the shirt is stuck to him and he's just got that look of I fucking done it about him it was a it was a very dramatic Hollywood-esque moment but anyway thank you for that carry on <laughs> no I was just gonna say, say the Johnson Ritchie goal um it's yeah, pretty much carbon copy of the goal, yeah. the opening goal against Everton, wasn't it? And the way they're combining, and um, yeah, Johnson's not looking up when he's doing this. He's putting that that ball into space. It's obviously something that we've been working on. And you know, if Conte was still here, we'd be talking about automations uh, because that's what it is. It's it's a pre-planned move, even from the pass uh, from midfield in behind the fullback for Johnson to run onto. That's that's something we've we've worked on and planned. And it's uh, you know, if it's coming off. What you know, twice in three games, it's it's yeah. pretty effective, and it's going to keep it's going to keep fullbacks honest as well, isn't it? They're not going to want to push up too much if if um he, if you know that ball in behind and him running running in behind them is is a risk. So it could be really useful. Yeah, I think um, the good thing with Richie is he seems quite good at being in that right place at the right time with those kind of, you call them tap-ins, but you've still got to make that room, still got to get that yard in front of the defender. The ball has to be good, but we've seen that, as you said, twice with Johnson. Sonny did that one against Newcastle and he guides them in quite nicely. I think the through ball ones, he's obviously missed a couple of them and his timing for the offside is just a bit off, but that that could all easily yeah. improve. And I just think he's, um, people are just a bit down on Richie sometimes. And I think... I, you know, I think once again it might be just because we've we've been watching Sun and Kane for years, and we just think that you know <laughs> that's I'd the say, level. You know what I mean? It's just like a near a near post tapping merchant will be really useful. <laughs> and yeah, Gary Lineker. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. He's not that. He's a lot more than that. But that mm. then that's quite useful. Mm. And you know, when I and, when I when I've been repeatedly talking about kind of the big gap in the team is on the left wing. It's actually someone who can get in behind and put those balls in from the left, which I think we're missing. Mm. Son, Son can't do that. It's not. It's not his well, game, and they're not. 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 Um, not with the regularity that we need. And yeah, I think that is. Uh, you know, the, if we can have that on both sides, then it, it stretches defenses because you've got to you've got to cover that whole pitch, and that creates space in the middle for others to to uh, yeah. to capitalize on. And and it, and defense defenses won't be able to push up because they know that we can get in behind and attack, you know, and, and make, you know, use that space. So it really is like, to finish this uh, jigsaw. It's the, it's the the real piece that we need we need most. And, and crossing wise, um, of course, we've seen he's pretty decent in the air, Richie. When 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 Kulu puts a decent one in, he's on there. And the other thing, that's what we were kind of lamenting earlier in the season when Perisic went down because he was another one that could supply good crosses for the you know for headers for Richie because he's he's good in the air. I know he's missed the odd header, but you know he's also. I felt in this game in particular, <clears throat> we started to see a, a really excellent defensive contribution as well, um, and 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 also further up the pitch, he's really fine. Finally, he's holding up the ball, I think, better and with more confidence than than I've than I've seen him before. He just looks a more mobile, confident player, and I, I think, in a sense, you know, we've got to give him another few weeks to keep going, to keep finding that flow. And I think mm. there maybe, you know, he'll start to put away even some of the chances he's missing. But you can't argue with his form right now. No, uh, exactly. And, and, to, and to your point, I mean, look. It's the David Moyes, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson syndrome. I mean, he's coming in essentially 
I don't think it's a fair comparison, but people are seeing him as Kane's replacement. I mean, it's it's not an accurate thing to say, but that's how a lot of people are perceiving it, and they they shouldn't I, <laughs> see I him for find, who he is. <laughs> I find I find it slightly annoying that people are a bit down on him now, and you could argue, well, yeah, but he's in he's he's in form, as in he's been getting goals. So it's kind of yeah. like, yeah. you know, give a give the man a break when he's actually doing the thing wow. that he's probably paid for really don't so. even get me going i don't understand some of the complaints i've heard in the last month or so are just unbelievable but we don't, I, yeah. all, all of this has passed me by uh i haven't seen yeah. any of that but um i yeah, i mean I th- he's in his best form you know he's, he's been in since he since he's yeah. signed for the club he, he you know fits the system well um you know it's absolutely vital um, he's an absolutely vital player for us at the moment. We're sunny off to uh, Asia Games and Asia Massive. Cup, and you know I, I do think actually yeah. you know, one of the reasons why Ange might have flipped them. I mean, obviously Sun has been a little bit off form, um, you know, uh, recently. But I think one of the reasons why he might have played Richie through the middle is is to try and get him settled into that position before yeah. Sunny goes yeah, off. I've... So so we we limit the impact that's going to have because presumably yeah. what we're going to see now is. Is is Decky on the on the right, and Johnson's going to move back to the left? You would assume with Richie through the middle for the next few weeks and or the next That's... month. And and what you know what he's done by playing Richie you know through the middle during this period is to is yes to minimise yeah. that impact. Yeah, yeah, certainly. What I've assumed from the get go is that he wants him to get a run of form in that position yep. and to feel it and to know it. And I think it's, I think it's, a, it's a good thing. And that's where again, we look at Sonny, and you know, you could be critical, but again, it's, it's sacrificing himself for the team. You know, and this is one thing we're seeing players in our squad do all over the place. They are sacrificing themselves for the team, and it, it's just fantastic to see. Um, you know, we touch back. Uh, we'll touch back on Lascelles. So I've already said I thought it was his best performance for us, or certainly the best forty-five minutes. Chaps, um, any any thoughts on? that particular point was it Gio Lascelles's best yeah, performance in a Spurs shirt I mean the, the only time that compares I think is um yeah that kind of pre-lockdown period when Mourinho first came in he, he had a, a you know a good um I mean, he's probably out in a way. Yeah. yeah he was probably our best player for a, a you know for a, for a run of I don't know how long it was you know I don't know a month or so um when he he was in really good form and then yeah it's just been so disjointed you know since then hasn't it really for him uh, you know either with injuries or you know being out of favor and what have you so um yeah yeah i think certainly well i mean by that token it's his best that was 2020 wasn't it so yeah be, his best form for four years yes yeah. <laughs> just or you know a, a, a month a few months short of uh, four years yes <laughs> Bloody four years he's been yeah. with us for that long. It's unbelievable. You think yeah, but he has that. been at other clubs and played quite well. So you know, there you go. Thank you. That's why. So, that's why I'm forgetting where he's been. Yeah. For the last Real years. That, he was like, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Thank so, you. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. One of the things that say I, I was thinking about just during the, during the game. So I know for a fact, and say Lewis Cook, you know, playing for Bournemouth, uh, we scouted him, and as I know that for a fact, and. I'm pretty sure that that was the same summer that La Celso and, and Dembele came in. I, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Poch's mm. last summer um, that we that we had a look at him, or just before that. But um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was it was then, not not under Mourinho. How long has La Celso got? Has he got eighteen months or something? Or I think so. I think he's got a year contract? after this one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So I don't know any chance he might go in January, or I suppose it just depends on replacements, doesn't it? I kind of don't really want him to now. <laughs> You're probing the bubble now, aren't you? I was I, thinking that. I, yeah, it's. I mean, I think he's. I think he's <clears throat> saleable. You know, there'll be no there'll be no shortage yeah. of interest. I mean, Barcelona are meant to be interested, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and 
I mean, funny, funny one on that. I was thinking, I mean, it doesn't look like it's likely to happen this month, but um, evidently Barcelona are due a slice of Todibo's fee when he goes um, because of the, the deal that when he left Barcelona. Oh, okay, yeah. And um, I, I thought, yeah, I was thinking of the you know, back. You know, a few you know, last week or the week before, thinking, wouldn't that be typical? Is we sign Todibo, the money from that goes to Barcelona, and that gives Barcelona the money they need in order to buy La Celso, or you kind of swings and roundabouts <laughs> like that. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I'd certainly. He's just been some... possessed by Daniel there for a minute, yeah. hasn't he? He's just... <laughs> I saw it coming. Um, I saw the screen yeah. went fuzzy. Yeah, be ca- be, be, be careful. There's there's that. Well, say. So, there's there's tens of um, Levy out people out there who'll be leaving us bad reviews on on ap- Apple well, Apple Music and um, <laughs> Apple Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called and um, yeah so you've you've got their wrath there now Steph um, yeah I don't I'd, I'd certain I'd certainly I'd certainly get shot of him in the summer I you know I th- I think he's a good player I think yeah. you know he's he's you know really. You know, skillful he's, he's a good fit for this system but his injury record just i just don't think he t- he's yeah, worth the risk true. and you know if we if we can sell him and i think this is probably that this is actually one of the things we'd have to consider in january if we got a decent bid for him can you guarantee him being fit in the summer when you want to sell him then so if someone comes in with yeah. i don't know what's he worth 20 million 25 maybe you not sure so, yeah I suppose some of it might be dictated by Madison's progress. I suppose because if you yeah. can come back, yeah. Well, and Gallagher's get ability. I mean, there's a, there's a number of yeah, factors. Even though he's not a replacement, he's I don't think Gallagher can do that. Yeah, I mean, no. I think if we look at, well, sorry, he can do that, but it's not what he's best at. I think Gallagher is. Um, you will be competition for Saar. Because it's it'd be more Madison and Decky, wouldn't it? And then yeah, as long as we've got enough forwards to fill in the other kind of spaces, so, so we'd yeah. wait for Sun to come back. Solomon is meant yeah. is training again, I think, or oh, getting close true, to yeah. that now. So um, yeah, it's it's a difficult. Well, or maybe we've got someone in mind to you know to replace him. You know, but yeah, I think well, I think gut- if. I think if we've got a decent bid for him, you've got to sell him because you can't get you can't rely on him being fit in the summer and being able to sell him then. And I, and I mean, yeah, I think actually, my, my, my gut. Go on. I was going to say, and I think that's true of all of our um, surplus players. I think because because the market is so flat outside of the Premier League, if you get a decent bid for them that's somewhere close to your valuation, I think you probably have to take the risk and sell them because that that might yeah. not be their next next window. Yeah. yeah, my gut feeling is he's going to be with us, Ricky. I don't think we can. I don't. I, I think the win- margins are too tight, and I think I, I, yeah, I have a feeling that right, our yeah. I have a feeling our recruitment group has already uh, targeted who they want and is doing their work right now, and I do think we will see them act. Decisively, I don't see him going this window. That would be my bet. Um, right, poor old Pedro Valiz, uh, You know, comes on, and I mean, look, tried to play through a knee injury. So, what what name did you say then, Steph? Did I say Pedro? You said Pedro. Oh dear, <laughs> Aleo. Yeah, Aleo. Let me just. Do you want to make a note you, of that? You then? got you got a touch of the band of arts, then, didn't you? I did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if if Alejo Valiz, if he was possessed by the uh, by Pedro Porro, then he would have carried on playing for the rest of the game, wouldn't he? He would have kind of <laughs> would have stretched his leg, given it a shake, and then carried on. I mean, he's bulletproof, <laughs> yeah. that man. Yeah. Uh, Alejo Valiz injured his knee uh, late in the game. We we saw him try to play through it, and it was. I mean, I thought it was very obvious that this was a young player, high on adrenaline, high on opportunity, trying to play through something that he patently was not going to get through. Um, players screaming at him to, to hit the deck. 
like his own team, like hit the deck. Then, of course, I think it get, takes another level when you see Geo jumps up on the sidelines and screams at him to hit the deck. And then before we know it, uh, we, we, we see Ange going to battle mode for the first time. And this wasn't this, this wasn't some performative shake of the, the, the pinky at the other bench. He moved across at some speed and with some velocity and was and was was right in there. As as you would expect of a man who is direct, he doesn't waffle around. And, uh, no. you know. Ali Gold was saying in his piece about it, I think Andrew was saying to the, I think it was the assistant manager of Bournemouth who was, who was screwing up to him, get your fucking hands off me. Get your fucking hands off me. Uh, and yeah, then yeah. and then likened him, says, as it's a movie reference week, I think Ali Gold likened uh, Ange to Cocaine Bear. So... <laughs> <laughs> By the way, another cracking bit of entertainment if you're not expecting much, uh, to which I have to include Violent Night, uh, the Santa film, which uh, mm. actually Ange also looks a bit like the Santa in Violent Night. But but don't don't cheat yourself. Violent Night is not what you think it is. It's it's a lot of fun and a, and a really good film. But anyway, but yeah, Cocaine Bear, <laughs> the Violent Night Santa. There was Ange. He was going. I, I mean, at the time. Uh, I thought it must be a misunderstanding because unfortunately so many players in the Prem and so many teams and so many managers instruct their players to, to waste time at moments like that in the game. I, I assumed there'd been a misunderstanding, but then I thought, well, no. anyone with a pair of eyes could see that this guy's like the bottom half of his leg after his knee was not working. I mean, I mean, evidently it was that though. Evidently they thought we were trying to time waste. Hmm. I mean, I think just... I just, think just to go back to the players briefly, I was a bit disappointed that Sonny didn't go over and have a word with him, considering that they're kind of playing next to each other. They're both in the same part of the pitch. Sonny must have seen what was going on, particularly you. Know, if you weren't aware before, when Hoybier put that ball through and he tried to run onto <laughs> oh, it. Oh, well, he had two he, options. Play, yeah, yeah. play, it, play, but, and, you know, play it to Son or play and, it to him. Valise oh. tries to run and basically can't put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And at that point, I'm, I, I think... I, I'm surprised that Sun didn't go over to him, put his arm around his shoulder and say, sit down. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I, 100%, um, 100% know what pushes Ange buttons. And he's such a straight up guy that if you question his, um, he does this in interviews as well. It's the one thing where you see he gets right. If you question his integrity or his intelligence, and that's either directly or indirectly, you'll He'll, he'll froth right up with it. Because you see it in interviews sometimes when he's, do you know, yeah. he says, yeah, I know what I'm doing, mate. And he has yeah. that kind of tone about it. And do you want someone question about that? And that's the one thing that really, and I think that's what happened here, yeah. that they questioned what Andrew's actually doing. And basically Andrew was saying, no, this is a player welfare situation. There's no other funny shit going on here. It's you know a lack I mean? of respect for his values. It was. That's yeah. what he would have and seen. That's it as. what, honestly, it will spark him every time. That's his. I wouldn't say it's a weak spot because you stand up for those kind of things, don't you? If you feel yeah. kind of like wronged by that. And, and, yeah, he and, was very spiky. Spiky. You talked about that kind of interviews that there was. Uh, Jamie Carragher tried to be all matey yeah. with him about the copying Pep stuff, yeah, yeah. and he got really prickly with him. And yeah, yeah. So it's, if you try and that's that's the thing that really presses buttons. I've noticed that, and it doesn't happen yeah. often, but it's yeah. He, he, he's, he's kind of demeanor or tone just changes instantly. It's so he's tries to just shut you down completely because I'm yeah, offended going, by this. We're going back, we're going back, drift a little bit for a second, going back to that whole thing of journalists maybe doing their job and researching new things. I'd love to see a journalist who has previously been critical of him in such a, a context, whether it be Pep or whatever, just turn around to him and so basically say, I have to be honest, Ange, I completely miscalculated you and I was one of the people who made comments about Pep 
chat and so forth. You know, uh, you've, mm. you've certainly taught me a thing or two. And then ask him a question. I wonder how much more you get from him by being honest. Uh, it would be really interesting yeah. to see. But anyway, I mean, I can't really blame Bournemouth for getting upset in the moment. I think a, a little bit more observation might have been appreciated. But I thought Andrew's response to it, and we knew he was going to do it, didn't we? When they asked mm. him in the post-match about it, he just said, we were just saying Happy New Year. I thought it was perfect. You know, and it, it dovetails with something else. Did you guys catch this in the middle of the week when he was saying to someone, he was talking about football matches and how basically you can't predict them and how they're their own little lives and that their own little worlds and that they unfold and that you basically prepare as best you can and you just hope that the preparation get you through. But to think that you can predict every stage of a football match is a fool's game. I mean, mm. that's sort of apropos of nothing, but I just, again, another element of, of the philosophy that this man holds. I just love, I love it. But yeah. I thought you handled it very well. Um, but going back to Valise, it is terrible timing. Yeah, I mean, just so unfortunate. Yeah, I just, I really feel for him because it's a, I think he probably would have got a start against Burnley on yeah. Friday. On Friday. And I think there's a chance that we might have sent him out on loan in January. And, you know, as we said, you know, saying, you know, in the previous game, he's got his first goal for the club, um, you know, in a situation where he couldn't really celebrate it because we were 4-1 down at the time. And then... Um, However, he did quite a good job. I loved it. He enjoyed it. <laughs> you know, he's he's finally began to look like he's settled into yes. the league. He's meant, you know, meant to be very popular with the players and, and everyone else. And I think you could see that when he was going off with the players who were going out to, to console him, particularly the Spanish-speaking players. And, you know, he's, he's really young as well. You know, he's only 20 years old. You know, he's come from the other side of the world yeah. and, um, you know, settled here. And, you know, I think he looks all right. I think he looks like a, an all right player, a decent prospect. Yeah. And yeah, it's just it's rotten timing for him. I, I hope it's nothing serious, but yeah, yeah, it was because he he must in his head. I mean, that's where the emotion came. I think in his head, he must have sort of thought internally, "Yeah, I'm taking some steps forward here at the club. I've got yeah. the goal. I'm getting some minutes." And with Sun going, he must have thought the door opens a little bit wider, and yeah. it's, you know, it looks like. You know, it was, gonna... Wasn't it one of those games that reminded us how young and how far some of these players have come in such a short amount of time? I mean, we had Papsar earlier in the game also in tears, uh, you know, fearing for his AFCON, uh, you know, situation. Uh, fortunately, it appears that the news from that injury is is, is a, a lot better. And I, mm -hmm. I felt at the time he may just be, may have been like sort of when you get worried and you sort of future trip too far. Uh, it didn't yeah. look as bad as maybe, but you know, it, it, there's a lot of emotion. These players are very young. They're dealing with a lot of stuff. I mean, Papsar has not had a regular season of football at this level before. I mean, well, he's only know. 50 goals into his first team, uh, first, sorry, 50 games into his uh, 50, is it? Yeah, 50, yeah. 52 into his, his first team career. So you know, I think. No, he missed, um, yeah, he missed, he missed 50 games last year. That's yeah. what I'm going to say. What a disgrace. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. A man like that at the it, training ground. I, I, oh, well, anyway, yes. <laughs> I think we've already touched on what we thought of Bournemouth, but, uh, you know, if, if we ask this question every week. I think of, of any side that's come to the lane this season, it deserves to be asked again in a more, uh, you know, more professional way. What did you think of Bournemouth? I like them. I think they've yeah. done some really smart business over the last few years. You, yeah, you look through that team, and there's quite a few players there that we've been linked with you know, over over time. And I think Bournemouth are probably doing quite a good job of picking up those players that everyone everyone's had. A, a, there's not many surprises there. We all know, you know, there's good players there, but they're picking up the ones that maybe the bigger teams aren't prepared to take a gamble on. And, you know, Alex Scott falls into that category, doesn't he? I mean, Cliver, yeah. again, is one that we've been linked with in the yeah. past. There's, you know, some, there's some good players through that team. And um, I, I really like um, Iriola. I think he's a really good manager. Um, yeah, I think, again, 
he'd also fall into that category. I think he's you know a bit of a kind of hipster's choice. I think everyone was um, was really impressed with what he did in uh, did in Spain, and uh, you know I think he's he's playing. You know he's got the team playing really good football. They had a sticky start to the season, and he's done well to be able to stick to it and, and get through to the other side of that. And I think he's probably, you know, I think he's a manager who's going to be, if he can keep this up and, you know, if they can you know, finish in a decent position in the league and maybe push on a bit next season, then he's going to be really in demand. I think, you know, when a, a bigger job comes up, mm. kind of that, maybe that next step up, you know, maybe Villa or somewhere like that, then I think he's going to be in the frame for those type of jobs if he carries on like this. Yeah, certainly got great individuals in that team as well as him moulding that as mm-hmm. a team together. They remind me, well, not completely like us, but they're definitely front foot football and they seem to know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they've benefited from a, obviously a centre forward that stepped up to the plate a bit similar to probably Tony did for Brentford. You know what I mean? You've got a main man up there that really his game has come together. He's been round to some of the big clubs, but Solanke actually looks to me as a, a kind of almost a slightly different kind of all round centre forward. He's 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 tall, but he's got he's got great control and yeah. um you know technique and that kind of thing so um no this i mean for a club from the south close with that small stadium they they you know they're, they're definitely going places i think they're gonna 100 mm. percent stay up this year well because i suppose three at the bottom are completely rubbish aren't they so well, uh, th- but they will 100 percent stay up because they were yeah. the form team coming into the are, coming yeah. into the game they were since october no team had won more games than them i mean so they yeah. you know th- th- and, and again they i think when you talked um milo earlier about them coming through that that sticky patch I think one of the, the great credits Iriola has is he stuck to his principles. Yeah. Again, yeah. it's sticking yeah. to your principles and getting your team to buy in on them. And, and Bournemouth have bought in on it and they're getting the results. I mean, I was alarmed to see Philip Billing on the bench. I've always thought of Philip yeah. Billing as one of Bournemouth's uh, more, more important players. I'm sure he well, is. Heard- I'm not saying he's not. They may have been rotating. But the fact they can afford not to start him every week, um, you know, that that's says I think, an awful I think the commentator was saying that he's not he's he's more kind of lost his place a bit when yeah. he came on because because as you say I thought he was he's usually a yeah. very controlled midfielder isn't he and he's got a great yeah. kind of touch and that kind of thing so he can definitely yeah. pick a pass but yeah but they must have squad options as well so that just shows it's that great. they've um, I thought and, they were really mm. impressive and again I must make the point of all the teams that have come to us and played that progressive football and so on and so forth they did so with um they they played very hard but extremely fair mm. there were no no what I would call uh, you know leave it in tackles no leave it mm-hmm. in challenges just really playing the game I think is the way the game should be played and I think anyone watching it as a neutral would have been highly entertained yeah I mean I think it's a real credit and there's you know saying about kind of their squad building and, and what they're you know the players they're bringing in and I think you know there's there's a number of clubs now that are doing you know what we've seen you know Brentford do or, or Brighton do you know Bournemouth seem to be following a similar similar track and you know making bold decisions um and yeah, signing good players, you know, good players, and trying to play good football. It's um, it's making the league a lot better because it you know it wasn't too long ago when the teams that are coming up from from the championship were going to you know try and clobber you and and play quite negatively. Yeah. And it's it's really good yeah. that we've got your kind of technical teams all the way through the league on the whole now. And yeah, um, I, yeah I like them. It's making it a good view. It's making it a good watch. Yeah. I think yeah. the Premier League's a good watch at the moment because teams, you know, they don't want to be boring or anything. They want to yeah. entertain the crowd yeah. and they realise that's the way to play. I mean, the biggest credit I'll give Bournemouth is I think the way the game had gone, um, I just really thought that we, it didn't feel like a 3-0 game when we were 3-0 up. I mm-hmm. thought I felt really like grateful for that. <laughs> you I know think, what I mean? Because yeah, I know it, how it can be sometimes. I mean, possession, I think, was, so was it 52 to us, 48 to them? And yeah. I think, 
was it, I think there's only three other games this season where it's been that low. I think one of those was Man City, and then obviously the, the Chelsea game when we yeah. played you know, uh, half right. the no, game. Really yeah. So, yes. so you're, I th- and might be Liverpool, might be the other one. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not, yeah, maybe that. Don't quite no, I think it's that Chelsea. But, I think you're but, right. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, you know, actually, in terms of actually them playing, you know, pretty level game with us, if you look at the stats, actually, they've got the better of some of them. Um, you know, we're marginally ahead on XG at the end, but it's um, it's a pretty level game, and there aren't many teams who managed to do that to us this season, so it's a real credit to them. And as you said, they're that's not doing why it that was by almost, kicking us. Yeah, it's great. No, that, exactly. And that's why it was, almost, uh, it was almost a shame that the one time that there was sort of that misunderstanding on the touchline it came in this game whereas i can think of several other games where i'd love to have seen cocaine bear <laughs> or, or 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 violent night santa square up to some of the the managers who quite frankly have have i think put some pretty disgraceful tactics uh, uh in, into the game and and employed them so it was so I was, I was glad that that situation resolved yeah i mean look one positive one negative uh, uh to this highly uh, entertaining game i don't mind going oh, first Go on. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, my positive is that, my positive is to say a, a, a really tough couple of months, and not not entirely down to us. It's also down to others kind of throwing it away. But we're six points off the top. We're one point behind Arsenal and Man City, and only three points behind Villa. You know, it's considering yeah the number of injuries we've had, the problems we've had. Mm. Um, you know, the football hasn't always been great during this period. It's, it has been a bit scrappy. It, you know, we've had to really fight to get through this, but we have, and we've kept pace. And at the beginning of the season, you know, my objective for you know up to Christmas was to to be in the chase and then see where you are in the second half of the season. And we've seen what we're we're like with our full strength side out and. Yeah, we're gonna we we've got you know there's only two Premier League games in January, and we're gonna hopefully see some of those players back for one of those games. Hopefully, we'll see you know Madison maybe back for the for the second one, and then we're really really in a position if we can pick up you know if we can pick up um, you know six points from this month, then we're we're in a really strong position from February onwards yeah. when we start getting you know the, the players coming back from international duty as well, and if we can add you know a handful of players as well then we that could be really exciting you know i know we were all joking at the beginning of the season about whether we could actually do it this this year but the league's wide open and if we can bring in three players and we can get people back and we can keep them fit i think we could yep. so that's my positive and negative negative <laughs> um i suppose the injuries again you know we've lost you know Sar- sars got a knock felice has got a knock there seems to be every game there's someone going out injured and it's just yeah. um you know a game we were talking about before we came on the pod where you know Andrew said this is uh, you know a stage that his teams have to go through and he was at celtic he was talking about this you know, stage they have to go through because the because of the you know what he's asking of the of the body the, the kind of this explosiveness um, hamstring injuries are you know, a, a part, you know, a part of the body's getting used to it, and it will come out the other side. Um, but it's um, it's pretty painful, isn't it? Keep seeing players going down, and kind of every time there's a challenge or something like that, you kind of fear the worst, don't you? Yeah, um, positive, sort of similar to Milo, really. I just think Ange himself will be glad that the um, Christmas period's over. I mean, it's a busy period. He's had one kind of problem after another. I mean, some of it self-inflicted, I suppose, if you think of some of the suspensions, maybe we could be a bit better disciplined. Um, And then that rolls into a a kind of uh, a softer kind of January where we've got, you know, five, six days to Burnley and then we've got nine days to United. So that's all good. That's all good for getting people back. And I agree. I think 
Um, and the most positive is I just can't see the, I just can't see how once we roll into February and we get mo well, as long as other people don't get injured, we get most of our players back. We'll just, I just, we're just going to smash everyone. I reckon. <laughs> Honestly, I just, I can't yeah, see why yeah. not. Why not? We're just, when we've got that yeah. back door even more secure, it's just, we're, we're kind of relentless. Um, so I suppose there isn't. Enough. I suppose the only negative was a bit like I think one of the interviewers said to Ange the other day. He says, "Oh yeah, you, you, like Ange was sort of saying what I was saying there a bit." And he says, "Oh yeah, but then you've got um, Sars away now, and Bissouma's away, and Sun's away." Yeah. And he says, oh. and he just smiles and says, "Look, mate." He goes, "Don't spoil my New Year." He goes, <laughs> "I was just being quite positive there, and you've 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 now just brought me back down." But um, yeah, and it is. It's, I suppose it's slightly bad timing that. You know, we have three probably starting starting eleven players drifting off to their tournaments, but um, so be it. I mean, we're not we're not bogged down by Europe and stuff, so um, you know that should that should be a benefit as well. There was something really nice I thought about Ange when he was talked to, talked about Sonny going off to um, Asia Asia Cup, and um, someone was asking him, you know, whether you know, but when when we were going to release him, and kind of asking again quite a um, disparaging. And a question about about these t- these two tournaments, and Ange turned around to me and says, "You know, I won it, don't you?" Yeah. So and then so. he kind of said, "Yeah, I think it's kind of important." And I think it's, it's again, it's refreshing. I think you know, we were talking again before we came on the pod about how some journalists have got this kind of sniffy attitude around Ange, partly because of you know because of his nationality and because of where he's coached before he came here. And there's that you know, I think it is a kind of it's a form it is racism but effectively because you're judging someone from you know on the basis of their nationality rather than rather than anything you know rather than actually what you know what they do but i think there's also that kind of colloquial um uh kind of snobbishness in english fans about afcon and asia cup and and the other tournaments about to get into that i was just about to say that you know we kind of yeah you know we wouldn't be if we had a player who was playing in another um, another league who was running concurrent with uh, the Euros, we would expect those players to be released so that we could uh, have them in that tournament. And um, yeah, it's just it's just a shitty attitude when people well, get funny before, about it. Yeah, I mean, before I get into my positive and negative, and off that point, because I think it's very important. I mean, I, you know, without wishing to to get too you know want to get too miserable here, but I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. African nations and to a lesser extent Asian nations are exploited and have been for for a long time, and then we expect the players who make it from Senegal or wherever to to, yeah, to turn around and think of it as a secondary secondary thing because they're in the mighty Premiership. I mean, good lord! You know, take a step back and think about that. What? How? I mean, that in its it's it's the worst kind of sort of like you know institutional prejudice, yeah. isn't it? it really is. And actually, yeah. it's it is a parochial attitude and it's bullshit. And uh, you know, as much as I'm disappointed to lose these players, and that would probably be my negative in thirty seconds. Um, you know, I wish them all the very very best, and I hope they cu- I hope they go far, and I hope that and what it's going to do for them as 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 individuals. I mean, I mean, let's look at Sar. He if, if providing he's fit. You know, think of think of what he could end up becoming yeah. to 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 his nation, to 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 the Senegalese public. I mean, and he'll come back to us twice the player he already is, which is a pretty yeah. big fucking player to start with. It could be fantastic. Yeah, you look at Sonny. Sonny's the greatest Asian player of all time yes. ever. Yes. Of course, he yes. wants to go there and win it. And yes. you know, but also him being there, him being that star, has brought so much to us as a club. Oh. So much to us. Nice. And then you know, and then people get. 
get funny, you know, get sniffy about it. Yeah, yeah. Draws my yeah. piss. So, yeah, I mean, we, no, I, I, I agree. I'm glad you brought the point up. I think it's well worth well worth making. Um, I, I will return now. That I, that was sort of conversely, my negative was sort of tied in there because it's sad to lose these players to the tournaments and it's a negative for, for us as a football club, but it's a great positive for them as players. And overall, I think we will benefit as we've uh, just pointed out in this pod, what it does uh, for the, for them as individuals. My, my positive, I've actually got two positives tied into one thing. It was great to see two, um, two strong men that I, that I believe in actually, you know, for the first time talk of us as potential title winners, one indirectly and one directly. Uh, the first one uh, is, is, is Ange Postacoglu. Oh. Is Ange Postacoglu, yeah? yeah. Uh, who, when he was um, when he was spoken uh, to by the, I think it was the Sky interviewer, said, you know, well, you come to, you know, you're ending the season uh, a point behind Arsenal in fifth, you know, you must be very happy. And he said, well, if I'm not mistaken, we're three points off the top. That's the first time he's made a definitive statement that, that proclaims that you know, he feels that we should be looking at the title mm. and we should be going for it. And I was glad to see it, and I was glad that he did it the way he did it. And the second person, who um, usually it's a, it's an accusation thrown at me on this pod. I'm usually the one who goes early. I'm usually the one who tries that sneaky outside of the football in, uh, inside. But it is indeed Milo who has provided what I would consider to be the most clear-cut moment of decisive positive prediction I've ever heard from him on the pod. Because you earlier heard him say he thinks that we can win the Premier League title in the 2023-24 season I and think. I don't think I've ever heard you make a definitive of that nature I don't disagree could, for could, what it's could, worth could not would it was could not would but, <laughs> see, um, back, but you can't probably, back out of it now Ricky, it's, it's, Ricky it's was it as com- definitive as you've ever heard well, it's him completely speak? backed up backed up by statistics probably <laughs> Milo, isn't it like working out? You know, we're two points a game. If we get two points a game, then the other team's only got well, certain regardless, amount of points, so it's yeah, wide but, open. But, but, rega- but regardless, regardless, have you ever heard him be as as uh, as, no. as as authoritative? That's true. Uh, authoritative on a on a. Um, That's true. Authoritative on a, a prediction. I, that, so that gives me great hope. Me who believes, uh, you know, look, fucking hell, we win three games in a row. We're going to win the, the Champions League, even though we're not in it. Um, no, but in all seriousness, yeah. the positive is for you know. Think about this. How far have we come since, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's just such a revolution and it, and it feels real. And as you've both articulated so clearly, you know, come the middle of February when hopefully everyone's fit again, uh, look out. And I, I, but no, I absolutely believe it can happen, and I will continue to until it's mathematically impossible. You, so. you, you say you say that 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 first game back. So this weekend last year was the first games after the, um, or this week it was the first games after the World Cup, wasn't it? And we absolutely stank the place out. Yeah. We were awful. It was the beginning of a very, very long and ugly uh, end in, in football terms, really. Most ends come quickly. But anyway, let's leave it alone. We've had a great week. It's a great end. Let's not go back there. Albeit, I would love to do a pod about that one day. I really would. My word. Anyway, uh, Milo, you want to take over for Do you want to take this? Here? Yeah, Hugo Lloris. So as we reported on the last pod, Hugo Lloris has joined Los Angeles FC on a permanent deal. Reports suggest that he signed a one-year deal with the option of a further year. So, so whilst I'm sure we all agree that it was time for Hugo to move on, it's a bit sad how it ended, isn't it, and how we got there? Steph, what do you think? It is. Um, I, I think it is sad how it ended, but somehow I, I, I've allowed myself to block that out and to focus um, on the positives of how the last six months have been. I think how it ended for him as a Tottenham Hotspur player 
was ugly uh, in the previous uh, era, if you will, under the previous management. That was very untidy and uncomfortable. But I think what I would appreciate about these final few months is that between him, uh, the chairman and the manager, I think it's a very important point, and the coaching staff and the squad, there's been a very dignified conclusion to what was a really messy situation. I, I think he's been very quietly... Um, you know, he's, he's been there. It's been quiet. He's uh, had minimal public impact, but apparently a very, very big positive impact uh, on everyone around him at the club and including Vicario. So, yeah, uh, you know, uh, uh, let's focus on the good stuff, shall we? Let's focus on the great years he gave us. And uh, I'll, I'll, ch- I'll choose to see it as at least when he left, it was on dignified terms and we were able to celebrate the career he had rather than lament too much the miserable bit just, what, eight months ago. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, he always came across as being quite... He was reasonably quiet and reserved, wasn't Mm. he? He was like a quiet captain. But when he had something to say, he certainly said it. Because, you know, sometimes we we plunge the depths in some games and some periods under various managers. But... um, and I'm never always sure about goalkeeper uh, being a captain, but I think I think it's, it, he certainly represented the club brilliantly. I think, and uh, to have a World Cup winner as your captain and your goalkeeper for many years. I mean, we're not you know we're not the biggest clubs in the world, but he's he's he, and he stuck with us. He kept that. He could have probably at some point have been transferred, and he certainly gave me some great memories. I always remember the. Um, a Bang Yang penalty save at Wembley, which was amazing. And oh, that was the first one I thought of was that. Uh, just brilliant, wasn't it? And also after the long, the kind of five minutes it took to give it the um, Aguero penalty in that Champions yes. League final at the lane. Massive, massive. It was. And you just thought, oh, no, that's that's had it because once we were behind. But no, pulled out another great save there. And also I've been there at the dark times. I was behind the goal when he fell into the goal at Brighton mm. and done his elbow and stuff like that. And that was a really dark match, even kind of doing mental gymnastics where you thought there's so much going on with the team at that point. You almost thought that, has mm. he really hurt his arm? You know what I mean? And But, mm. but he did. And that was the... That was exactly the. I think that was exactly the same game when it. That was the end for Poch, I think, wasn't it? That Brighton game. Yeah, I think it was. We were terrible. I think weren't we like three 0 or something? Yeah, and I I think. um, I think. I think that game probably was, or that injury was probably the end of Hugo. Kind of at his peak. Yeah, there were yeah. moments. There were flashes after that. Yeah, but I think I don't know whether it knocked his confidence or something like that. But he just wasn't quite such a dominant keeper after that. Mm. I think yeah, his willingness to come out and collect balls exactly. wasn't, yeah. wasn't there yeah. anymore to the same yeah. degree. And I don't know. It's. I mean, I think it. I think it is a bit sad. You know, I think obviously, you know, since he got subbed off against Newcastle at halftime, and you know, they, you know, they said there was an injury, but I, I, I suspect that's that was to kind of protect everyone's pride and. You know, effect, story, yeah. uh, you know, up until this week, we haven't heard anything from him at all since since that happened, uh, you know, since that game. And, you know, I think that you know, I think I'm really pleased that the club you know, did something at half time and, and he wasn't allowed to leave without without something happening. And um, kind of the video the videos they've, they've put out and stuff are, are, are really nice. And, you know, I was, I was almost thinking about when, when Kane left and Leo you know, left and kind of his his video thanking the fans was you know kind of on a mobile phone in a german back garden or something and it was all a bit odd and the club really didn't do a huge amount and there was talk of him being locked out of the training ground and what have you and i was kind of fearing that we might you know we might see something similar with Laurie. so i'm really pleased that that hasn't happened um but it's been a funny yeah. you know his decline over the you know his last couple of years has been quite marked and um, you know, really, we you know we probably should have replaced him maybe a little earlier than we did. Um, but you know, I think you know, thinking back, you know, 
before that, he was great. He was really, really great. And the, 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 the climb was marked because of how high his standards were before that. Oh, it, it's, it's really something. I mean, you know, you think about it. He was between the sticks for the greatest rise of this club. Yeah. Uh, arguably since the early 80s um, uh, it really was and he bows out and leaves us with another keeper uh, young uh, very very incredibly able who seems to be at the beginning of another yeah. similar type yeah. of rise there's a sort of a beautiful symmetry to it if you're a, yeah. if you're an author and uh, it, it it's it's nice to think and that's why I go back to it. it's nice to think that the two of them had some time on the training mm-hmm. ground together and that you'd like to think that uncle hugo has been teaching yeah. you know little vic uh, giving him a few tips here and there and has helped the secession uh, work as well as it has um so yeah i mean what 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 a what a presence he has been for us and uh, but he he leaves us in good hands it has to be said where, where do you think he ranks amongst spurs greats it's a brilliant question isn't it because goalkeepers you know, or yeah yeah players i mean he's the best since jennings isn't he he sits next yeah. to ray clements and jennings for me yeah he's in that yeah. pantheon for sure yeah definitely but yeah. it's so interesting because he was so he was that steely quiet Thing. You took. I, I realise I took him for granted for so many years. That's one of the things that when I look back, I realise I took this guy for granted. For but a I long think time. that might be because of his kind of quietness, because yes. he wasn't a yeah. Schmeichel kind of character where you're no. Pickford no, no. or any of those kind of like yeah. you know outwardly kind of projecting. But he, could, but he think. could be spiky. You know that time when he yeah. um, him and Sun clashed, and yeah. you know there are things, I, I think the one that really brought it home to me is when. Um, the Spurs all or nothing thing, where you've got I think he's out at the, he's out injured at the beginning of it, and you got you got Kane doing team talks, which were pretty insipid yeah. and kind of um, yeah football captain by numbers kind of thing. This is the kind of thing you you know and drops a couple of f bombs in there because that's what you do when you're talking to the lads. And then Hugo comes in, and there's just a quiet authority about it, and a lot more clarity around what he's saying, and you could see that he was. You could see what he would bring to a dressing dressing room. What you know that that yeah that quiet authority, that quiet confidence. Yeah, I'm sure someone will put a glorious kind of YouTube compilation of some of his because he could pull off some absolute world class saves sometimes where you just think, yeah. how has he got to that? Or even low yeah. down, high up, anything. Well, he was very yeah, athletic. I mean, in that uh, we, so we did that pod on keepers, didn't we, a few months ago during one of the international breaks, Steph? And so we were talking about him. Yeah, you know, we, we said the thing there about kind of. Um, goalkeepers like James Bonds or Doctor Who's where they kind of mark an era and, you know, he definitely yeah. marks an era. But, we, you know, we were also talking then about, um, you know, the the way he was playing, you know, when he came in, when, uh, you know, how much he came off his line and that kind of sweeper-keeper thing. Yeah. And, you know, he was quite revolutionary in the Premier League at that time because the other keepers yes, weren't really doing it. And, you know, I think what happened was that, you know, first the age caught up with him a bit and he wasn't able to do that. But also the guys who came through behind could, you know, the ones who were kind of almost inspired by what he did were were doing that, but were better with the ball at their feet as well. And then yeah. it kind of takes it onto another level. And I think that's probably, yeah. you know, we talked about kind of earlier on about you know, uh, fullbacks being the position that's changed the most in, in modern football, but goalkeeper is probably the other one, isn't it? And you know, that, that goalkeeper yeah. as a fifth defender is something that Lloris couldn't do. And that's, you know, you look at the difference between you know him and then Vic and Vic's yeah. got that Vic can do that. And that's, yeah, that's the change. Yeah. It's 
quite ironic, isn't it, uh, uh, Ricky? You're mentioning he's a World Cup winner. I mean, if you can think about it, he, uh, Emmy Martinez denied him being a double World Cup winner. Yeah. I mean, it was that one moment. Yeah. That one. I mean, it was one second. He was one second away from being a double World Cup winner whilst having, uh, you know, his full career at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, yeah. which is extraordinary. But as you said, I think that, you know, when we rank him amongst the Spurs greats, I, look, I mean, if we're going to go purely by achievements, um, you know, you'd have to say when you won a World Cup in our journey, I think that you uh, you certainly put yourself in the running to be amongst the greats. Then it becomes a case of you know how many yeah what what are your numbers for the club? I mean mm. you know Christian Romero's in, in the running to be a great, but you'd say he'd have to put in another five years with us at least to yeah. <laughs> achieve that. So Hugo Hugo by proxy and by his World Cup proxy uh, has certainly I think is high amongst our legends, uh, sitting alongside Aussie and Ricky and so on and so forth. Yeah, thank you, Hugo. Should we just wrap up with a very, yes. very brief chat about our FA Cup third round tie at home against Burnley on Friday? So we've already talked a, a little bit on this pod about the injury list and, and how long it is. And you know, this game comes at the end of a kind of frantic and hectic uh, period through December and you know, Christmas and the new year. Um, but then on the other hand, after this, we've got a decent gap between this game and the Man United game in a few weeks. So how much rotation would, would you like to see for this game? I think it's quite difficult to know who to rotate in and without looking at a list. But um, I mean, Angie's slightly. I mean, I mean, he doesn't care. But uh, with what happened at Fulham, it's another cup competition that maybe he doesn't want to drop out too quickly. I think actually with this game, Burnley's a nice draw. Really, I think. Mm. I think we can. Benton Cole probably we can get some more minutes into him without having to like you know playing for more than an hour. Hopefully, but um, uh, I mean. I don't think, you know, I think he could get criticism from the fans if he then plays X amount and then we get knocked out of another game. But I think just have to look beyond that, really. You know, I don't think he really cares too much. You know what I mean? He's 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 got the way he wants to do things and that's fair enough, I think. And what I'm hoping is, is maybe if we do make some changes, we see, I mean, we're playing a Premier League team, we see a similar kind of, uh, response we've seen in these games where we've played multiple changes anyway. Yeah. Maybe Fulham was early days and we're another, what, sort of 10, 15 games down the track from that. So when people that come in do play, we, we still play to a high level, hopefully. Yeah, that, that Fulham game was pretty much a, a, entirely a second 11 as well, wasn't it, that he mm-hmm. put out and it was very ske- sketchy. What do you what do you think, Steph? Would you change much? I yeah, I would. I'd like to see full rotation. I'm um I, I'm not a trophy flagger, if you will, in this particular moment in time. I, I, especially as we've got our eyes, I think, on the biggest trophy of all in English football, and uh, quite rightly so. I would be rotating. I'd be giving Brian Hill a start. I'd probably give Ashley Phillips a start. To be honest, I'd like to see where he's at. I'd certainly be giving Jamie Donnelly some good time. Um, I think it's important to. I think it's important for these youngsters. Yeah. Well, maybe not so much Hill, yeah. but certainly the the process. Just to see. Just, let's just see what they could do with 45 minutes at the very least and let's test them out and I think that the supporters again as you said Ricky I think they need to have a little longer view on this you know yes FA Cup bubbly bubbly bar great be nice to have trophy trophy not at the not at the expense of a Champions League spot for me I'm sorry absolutely not because this manager with a Champions League spot I think could do an awful lot Um, so let's rotate and let's see and let's see let's see some of these kids and what they've got Let's see Dane Scarlett for for forty five minutes. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think there's um, 
So there's probably a middle ground for me. I think there's players who, you know, have had breaks recently. So like Decky, you know, missed this game because of suspension. Yes. So I, I, yeah, I'd be pretty ha- comfortable playing with him, for instance. But you know, Porro yeah. has played pretty much every minute of every game since Man United and takes a hell of a battering. And I think if we lost him, it, you know, the drop drop off between him and Royale in terms of this system, huge. I think is, is, is huge. So I think I'd give Porro the night off and just give him a rest because it's a chance for him to get two weeks off. And that's that could be really vital at this time, this time of the season. And Geo, I'd be really, you know, he's got a he's got a bad habit of picking up injuries. You know, he's, he's had a good game. Give him a break and see how he uh, how he does. Richie, I think I'd want to give a rest. He's just just had surgery and he's vital to us over the next you know month six weeks whilst whilst Sonny's out. So I'd want to give him the night off or you know start the, start them on the bench. Um, and yeah, and then after that, you've got players. You know, let's see how. You know, I'd probably want to have a look at how Benton Kerr dealt with the sixty minutes he had yesterday, and but wouldn't want to take any risks with him either. Yeah. And then after that, I think most of the other players have probably had enough breaks, or you know, have come in late enough that it's not. You know, so Johnson could play. You know, Decky could play. I would bring. I would start Scarlett. I think up top, uh, like you said, you've then got Hill or Donnelly yeah. who could come in at, um, one of those positions. Uh, Hoybier and Skip, I'd start. Um, and you know, and, and then that's kind of what I'm. Yeah, three or four out changes, and it's probably the approach. But yeah, protect some of those players who've played a lot of a lot of minutes, and just give them a, a nice break. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yes, I, I, so we, well, I think we're all in agreement. Yep. Very yeah. good. Okay, well, reason, thanks, not, Another reason for people to hate against us. You, you, t- you told them that I'm kind of channeling my inner Daniel Levy, and now uh, now we're not taking the cup, the cup competition seriously. Yeah. Down with us. Yeah, Boom. Well, they, they, oh, they love us, mate. Don't you worry. We're going to get floods of positive mail now, especially after our uh, absolutely world-exclusive uh, Hollywood and comparisons this week, which make sure you make sure that... Uh, you tell your friends about those because no other pod is going to get to those like we did so anyway thanks very much chaps that was uh that was good fun cheers Uh, mate uh like the bin collections we'll be back to our normal routine next week and the pod will be out on sunday night uh, and we'll be talking about that fa cup game against burnley and any spurs news that happens between then and now including transfers we've uh made a pact to you know we're going to keep it tight on the transfer tittle tattle we're not going to get into it every week we're only going to tell you when it counts and you can trust us you know you can so thanks for joining us and we'll see you then